Kashmir Rajneesh, why don't you just chill? No, but still. Link and I are cruising the mountain, bro, and we figure we's a little juice. No, we sing the juice. We's the juice. No, 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 we sing the juice. No, we sing the juice. <laughs> Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. And we are podcasting on a Saturday. Sure are. After a hectic day, wouldn't you say? Yes. Tristan had a few of us over with children. Small humans. Yes. Very emotional. And they can't control their emotions. Yeah. Tell you, they run hot and then cold and then everything in between. Uh, we were meant to record this morning, which was going to be a first. Yeah. A Saturday morning cast or pod, if you will. Mm. But we didn't. <laughs> One of our cooler stories. So thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening. Have a great yeah. night. So we talk about movies? Yes, we are doing Insino Man. Ah, Insino Man. Yeah. Little 92 special with the late, great Paulie Shaw. <laughs> Greg says that because he's not very punctual. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Paulie yeah. Shaw, uh, you know, if you're going to meet this guy at 3 o'clock, don't show up until 3.30 at the oiliest. Yeah. Um, the late, great Paulie Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean Aston, Austin. I, yeah, when I was young, I thought it was Austin, but I believe it's Aston. Sa- Aston. <laughs> Samwise, the brave. The kid from Toy Soldiers. Rudy. It's Rudy. Oh, in uh, Goonies. Goon- no, no Ru- the movie's called Rudy. Ah. You don't know Rudy? It's a, based on a true story, like most of the movies we cover. Yeah, like Encino Man. It's yeah. Based on a true story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, he's at Notre Dame. College. Ah, he yeah. wants to play. Hey, when an American NFL. goes to France and they go to the Church of Notre Dame, do they say Notre Dame? Yeah. Do they? Even there? Oh, well, they don't. Yeah. Because you know how it's, it's so. a very similar one is very popular ice cream we have in Australia called the Monaco Bar, but it's actually Monaco Bar, right? Fuck yourself. <laughs> but but in the context of the ice cream, I say Monaco bar, but then when you're talking about the place, I say Monaco. Ah, yeah, interesting. And so I think Notre Dame, Notre Dame, maybe might a similar like thing. Yeah, it might be. Let us know. Yeah. Well, 25% of our great friends of the show over in the United States. I reckon it's I reckon it's more than that. It's only overall gotten a 25, so I reckon it's probably 35. Of now, currently, today, listening to this episode. Oh, whoa, whoa. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, Encino Man, 1992. Mm, good year. Barcelona Olympics. Barcelona. Yeah. We've uh, discussed this. We've done a few from this year now. Can you tell me what they are? Without looking? <laughs> Without looking. Yeah. Uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. And I can't remember any other ones. Wayne's World. Ah, that's not 92, shit. Yeah. Did we do the Barcelona Olympics? We, we should. Did. That was Kieran Perkins' era. Was it? I think so. Was that his big first yeah, one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. KP. Yeah, good man. Yeah. Loved an Uncle Toby's. That was Uncle Toby's golden age, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, see, there's so much of 35% of our listeners won't know what we're talking about. Australian stuff, anyway. Yeah. A popular cereal brand. Yeah. Relied heavily on endorsement from our swimmers. Homo and 2, Lost in New York, came out in 92 as well. Batman yeah. Returns, a lot of sequels. Lethal Weapon 3, A Few Good Men, Sister Act, The Bodyguard, Wayne's World, Basic Instinct, A League of Their Own. That was the top ten. But do you oh, know what, A League of Their Own, we've also done we've that. We've also done that. Do you know what came in at number 41? Um, a League of Their Own. Encino Man. Oh, that's a coincidence. We're doing that today. Right? Crazy. Coinkydink. Speaking of Encino Man, uh, our, our movie of the day of the week on the Double Impact podcast here, how, was this a big deal for you as a child? I think it was pretty big. Yeah. Were you um, 10 years old at that point? I would have been 10. I would have been 8. 
That's right. Yeah, probably the ideal target <laughs> yeah. for this movie. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it was I, – I don't remember it that well, but I remember it was um, a pretty big deal. Paulie Shaw was cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going back away. I feel a little bit like Weekend at Birdies where I just thought this was a cool movie. Yeah. I didn't remember a lot of it, but I remember watching it and feeling like it was important that I watched this for cool reasons. You had to be able to reference it in the playground. Yeah. Sean Austin was already annoying. Yeah, he's already transitioning at this yeah. point, isn't he? But it was small so- Toy Soldiers before this or after this? Actually, I'm, I'm going to guess before. It must have been, right? Because he still seemed kind of like the cool guy. He was still playing the cool guy. Yeah, yeah. What does he play now? The Fat Hobbit. Um, for me, yeah. yeah, I think I watched it around the time, on probably on video. I think this might have been not a Jono one, but a cousin one. Toy Soldiers came out the year before this. Ah, uh, year before, right? Um, yeah, I think I probably watched this with my cousins or something on like over a Christmas or that is that kind of movie. I think I watched it repeatedly. I watched it multiple. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was I, like if it was a holiday. Maybe we watched it multiple times on that holiday, but then nothing for thirty years. <laughs> but I there were a few key bits that I remember. Like meat group, I've always remembered that. Meat group. That was the microwave, didn't you? Ah, it's a real audio audio experience here. Sound designed by Greg Carney. Um, I always thought it was the whole digging the pool thing. I didn't really get that. Yeah, I still don't. You can't just dig a – what's his plan here? You can't just dig a hole – just for people at home (laughs) that are thinking about building a pool. You can't just dig a hole and put water in it. Yeah. I mean, you can, but you just got yourself a big puddle. It's not a pool. As an eight-year-old, I remember being really taken out of the moment by this. Yeah. <laughs> I really got sidetracked by it. But wait, what's he? You don't, can't just dig a – what? I didn't have a pool and I wanted one and I knew I couldn't just dig a hole. Also, you get an above-ground pool. Someone in my street had an above-ground pool and they were the coolest house in the street. Really? Yeah. They're pretty ghetto. Yeah. I'd take one there. <laughs> yeah. Happily. Yeah. You just build a deck alongside it there, nobody even knows it's a deck. Yeah, you raise the your backyard. You raise everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. I remember not knowing that Encino was a place. Yep. I thought Encino was a word like Jurassic or something. Like hundred percent. Yeah, it meant yeah. prehistoric. Yeah. And as it turns out, it was called California Man in the UK. Which makes sense. Why wasn't it called California Man in Australia instead of Encino? Why Man? they call it California Kid? It California Teen. Mm. But Which are the juice? <laughs> juice. That's his angry ways. The juice. No, whizzing the juice. Whizzing the juice. No, 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 whizzing the juice. Oh yeah, and then just overall, I think uh, this this aesthetic of Brendan Fraser, um, a strong look, and I think the look I wanted to achieve early nineties. Interesting. Yeah. We come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back to that because I did revisit this in the rewatch, but. Yeah, that was that was my experience with it. I don't really have anything richer yeah, than that. Yeah, I think it's of the era. One of those movies that wasn't like hugely culturally significant, but it was there. It was we watched up there it at the time. At the time, it just probably hasn't lasted. Yeah, beyond. Why don't you get into the background? Give us a little origin story. Origin story. All right, so this one's going to be short and. Sweet. Like this episode, <laughs> potentially. Uh, so this was written by uh, a duo, George Zaloom and Sean Sheps. Sean actually went on to be um, a, a relatively frequent collaborator with Mr. Paulie Shaw. She, <sighs> she also went on to write Son-in-Law and she also went on to write Encino Woman, which apparently was a TV show in 1996, Encino Woman. Is that about, the, is that about Betty? Uh, I didn't look too much into it because it looked kind of meh, not that interesting. Um, but the director, this is kind of weird, uh, Les Mayfield, and he was a – Cool name. Cool name, yeah. And cool guy. He was a documentary guy. What did he make documentaries about? So this was his feature debut. Before this, he made like big-time documentaries like Hearts of Darkness, which is the Ooh. documentary about the making of yeah. um, Apocalypse Now, That's which right. – a lot of people say it's better than Apocalypse Now. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I, it's well known. It's one of those ones, yeah. I've never seen it either, but it's supposed to be really good. 
um, and a few others. Um, one called Computer War Tennis Shoes, one called The Cape, which uh, all seem to be pretty well known. I haven't seen those ones. I haven't seen any of them, but we've heard of one of them. How about us? <laughs> so cultured. Yes, I've heard of a documentary <laughs> said with eyes closed. <laughs> uh, but just to not to be a real downer, but he did then go on to do Blue Streak, Flubber, and Miracle on 34th Street. So, yeah, mixed bag. This may have been his So he pick. got into drama. <laughs> This may have been his peak. Yeah. Well, this is a Paulie Shaw vehicle uh, as well. So he was big time at the time. He was uh, big on MTV um, at his peak, really, at this point. He had a TV show. He started as a VJ and all that stuff. Unbeknownst yeah. to us in Australia, though, which I'm VJ. sure we'll get into. Um, he was a VJ and then he had a show called Totally Paulie. Totally Paulie. He was quite big time. And they originally offered him the role of the caveman. And he was like, no, nah, I don't think that's my kind of role, buddy. Oh. And Disney didn't seem to really know who he was. But then he met Sean Sheps, that, the woman I mentioned that went on to be a frequent collaborator, and she rewrote the best friend role specifically for him. And then he got more and more involved as being sort of the influential casting decision in who else got cast. And so he was involved in getting Sean Astin cast and then was part of the process in getting Brendan Fraser cast as well. So... That's a lot of the backstory. There is some int- a couple interesting precasties, though. Go on. Um, how would you feel about Link, the Encino man himself, being played by Jim Carrey? Yeah. Yeah. How would you feel about Link being played by one Nicolas Cage? Yeah. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> and I think it's hard to imagine young Nicolas Cage for a lot of people, but it could work. He had hair and everything. That's the main thing you got to remember. He had... He had he had a real mop. He could have that Conair Sons receiver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So that's the backstory. Like I said, short and sweet. Should we uh, play the trailer and get into the picture? Recently, two high school students unearthed a prehistoric man in their own backyard. Ah! Their story is completely true. Oh, he is so greasy. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it hurts. Wow, who's the guy with the dork squad? Is he fine or what? This guy is our ticket to fame and popularity. All we gotta do is get him enrolled in school and he'll help us become popular. He's a looker. Link, be careful! He's dope. I'd go out with him. Go, Zongus. I am too sexy for Milan. Too sexy for Milan. New York and Japan. Today, buddy, we're going to discuss the beverage. What are you doing, Mrs. Tony? We figure with a little juice. No, we think that juice. No, we think that juice. Hollywood Pictures presents Encino Man. He's a million years old. Milk does the body good, huh? Great hair. And living proof that evolution is not an exact science. (laughs) You got him talking like you now. (laughs) The weasel sound. Yeah. He's a little unsettling. Sure he is. Good trailer, uh, though. Good trailer. Interestingly light on voiceover. Yeah. I find that funny when we listen to those. and Especially no, for that like, time, you would imagine. Yeah, please. Yeah. There's none of that. He's about to find out. Yeah. Yeah. The being a caveman. In the 90s. <laughs> um, so we just played the trailer, but for those at home who haven't seen the movie... I'm going to fill in some of the blanks, Greg. What's this, what's this movie about? This movie is about coming of age, mm. uh, about camaraderie, mm. trust, yeah. desire, mm. mateship. Mm. Yep. Mostly that. All correct. Uh, so these guys, one of them is struggling with not being a cool guy and he's coming up to the last moments of high school. 
Yeah. They're kind of nerdy sort of guys. There's a girl he likes who doesn't really like him back, which I'll cover off shortly. Mm. And uh, a caveman appears in his backyard. They're about to find out. They're about to find out. Because, <laughs> so, you know, it's, a, it's the old dig a pool, get a caveman from the Classic. Ice Age. Classic. Construct. Yeah. Um, there was an earthquake <laughs> as well, which apparently helps legitimise this block of ice being sort of six feet buried in his backyard in California. Oh, yeah. And then they basically decide that they're going to keep this guy who happens to be around their age. Samwise wants to use him for his popularity. Yeah, because it turns out the 1992 version of uh, what a cool guy is is essentially just uh, a caveman. Mm. (laughs) I think that would still work today. Yeah, it's all right. He's He's confident, man. Yeah. You know, he's just doing whatever he wants. Yeah. And uh, that really resonates with everyone. He's true to himself. He is. And in the end he gets his pool and the caveman dies because he has too many processed foods. <laughs> that doesn't happen, but it probably would, hey. He'd develop a gluten intolerance. Yeah. Yeah. He would be used to eating so clean. Right. <laughs> caveman, yeah. Caveman diet. No. Yeah, he's doing the literally the caveman diet. It was, was so paleo. He might have brought paleo to California. Oh, you know what? Yeah, we should call those Freakonomics guys and see if they can make that connection. I think he might have. Yeah. Patent pending, I'm going to write a book on that. <laughs> what were your initial thoughts in the rewatch? Oh, you go first. So my overall thing was, yeah, it's, it's all right. Uh, it's kind of what I expected, a bit like um, I think this is very much in the ballpark of Weekend of Bernie's where it's the, – the fun of it is just in the absurdity of the premise. Mm. And it's fun to watch probably half nostalgia, half just to watch something silly. Um, there, there are elements that I really liked. What, um, did you, what did you like? I did like Paulie Shaw to be honest. He's actually not that offensive in this, is he? Yeah. Um, I you mean, reckon that's because cause – I think most of us probably got a bit tired of Paulie Shaw. Well, I was trying to really think about this and I think I feel like we just got told we're supposed to be sick of him. And oh. I reckon in Australia, I mean maybe I'm not saying no one else is sick of him, but in Australia we didn't have MTV at this point. We had no idea who he was. And so, yes, he did a bunch of movies after this, but it wasn't like. I loved them. Yeah, and it, wasn't, <laughs> it didn't get to the point of like Adam Sandler, you know. Yeah. What would be so offensive about more Polish Shaw movies? I don't really get it. Like, I don't think he's the best, but eh, I don't know. Um, he definitely does not look like a high school kid, though, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> he has a, he had quite a large forehead. He did. But, st- some strategically placed bandanas at certain points. <laughs> <laughs> really? But uh, I did have one uh, interesting insight in the rewatch of this film. Mm-hmm. I think as as time has moved on, this film has sort of, become the very thing it's portraying. Nothing in this film is around today, if you think about it. The film itself was really hard to find, A. Eh? It like was. How do we, and it turns out it popped up on Foxtel, which is cable TV at Australia, but you couldn't buy this movie on iTunes. You couldn't find it anywhere else. Yeah, it wasn't on Apple TV. And then None it, of the streaming services had it. Foxtel is in the fucking ice age. To get it to work, I had to play it on my phone and airplay it through my Apple TV and Me like too. all this fucking bullshit. So that in itself, yeah, prehistoric. Apple TV, <laughs> Foxtel, can you just uh, put the customer first yeah. and just allow us to have an app, yeah. Foxtel now? So A, this movie's not around anymore. Um, Paulie Shaw, don't see him anymore. Sean Astin, okay, he pops up now and then. Brendan Fraser, you don't see anymore. Right said Fred. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the idea of caveman as ideal masculine image, we can get into a little bit more. You don't Ooh. see anymore. But other elements of it are a perfect time capsule as well. So you met, you touched on it before, the earthquake thing. It's got that great 90s cliche where the teacher talks about the, the lesson in that classroom is something related to the movie. He's talking about evolution and I don't know, yeah. earthquakes or some shit. And um, the childhood friend who drifted apart because she got hot. Like this, this is like a, a, a cultural capsule? artifact that you thaw out and watch to see what life was like in oh. 1992, man. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Um, it is. And how did, on that, how did you think, uh, a loaded question because I've got some opinions. Mm. What did you think of it as... 
So all those things are true. How yeah. did you think it stacked up as a 90, early 90s high school movie? What do I compare it to? Like, um, reason, okay, well, I'll give you my spiel yeah, first because yeah, yeah. it's probably a bad question. But I felt like it wasn't – it felt a bit phony. I oh, felt yeah. like some of the di- – heaps of the dialogue was really contrived. I don't know if it's just dated that much or – there's heaps of, I feel like they're all injected with words that right. you're so you're so fetch. Well, I don't know. I made that one up. Oh, yeah. There, there were a few of those things. I'm like, was that ever a thing? Like, I don't remember that being. Is that like a weird California thing that I'm not aware of? Like Encino thing? <laughs> I yeah. don't fucking know. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I was old enough to pick, on, pick up on those when I first watched it. And in the rewatch, uh, some of those did uh, – I think that did tickle my brain. It a felt little. like a bit of a parody. It almost felt like at times I felt like I was watching American Wet Hot Summer type vibes. Uh, Do you know yeah. what I mean? How they did the remake. So that's so, interesting because there's another movie we're doing soon that I rewatched the other day and felt exactly the same way because I hadn't seen it. Oh, I'm, I'm going to save all that for that movie, yeah. but it was a very similar thing. Because I don't think I saw it when I was a kid, or at least I don't remember it. And I'm yeah. watching it, I'm like, this could be made today as a parody of those things. Yeah. So I think that's interesting too. Like, if you watch it with that intention, does that count as now being a, aging well? Like, you could watch it as a parody of. I think yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, huh? So I got that vibe from it like multiple times. And well, so this is the thing too, a bit like we said about Weekend at Bernie's, they're teetering on something really smart that probably doesn't get executed. So in Weekend at Bernie's we talked about how it's almost like a American psycho thing where yeah. this could be really interesting commentary on how, you know, the rich, the rich don't notice that this guy's dead and yeah. it's like, you know, whatever. Too busy in um, the plastic world, this, yeah. this is almost that, like if this was made today as a really smart uh, satire, on high school life and um, how, what's the word? I don't want it to sound like fucking vice or whatever, but but um, all the women are attracted to the caveman, not, you know, not the evolved man, that kind of wow. thing. Wow. I think there's some interesting readings there. Wow. I gave you a few wows. <laughs> wow. It is kind of interesting, this idea of like a big dumb caveman is what – was considered cool. Like you, you could kind of have fun with that as as like a satire type of thing, but they didn't really go there that much. Mm. I think it would still be applicable today. Like, like he goes up to the chickens like, ooh, boobies or whatever. And she's, <laughs> you know, he doesn't say boobies because he doesn't know that word yet, but he does that. He says like, Gonzaga. Doing that for the purpose of uh, portraying it to our Get listeners. your hands off me. <laughs> Get your hands off my moobs. And then she has a crush on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting in, in that sense. I can, I can vouch that that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So we talk a little bit, a bit about our uh, friend of the show, Paulie Shaw. Yeah. He's an interesting cat, isn't he? I, you might have already known this. I didn't mm. realise that his mum. Big fucking deal, right? She started the comedy store. Yeah. I learned this a couple comedy of years store? ago. Comedy store? Comedy cellar. What is it called? The comedy store. Yeah. The, the place you took me in America, the in no comedy stores West Coast. That's the LA. Oh, where did I go? We went, we went Comedy Cellar. Yeah, um, which uh, they're not affiliated, but they're kind of each other's the equivalent. East and West. Icons. It's like Biggie and Tupac, <laughs> kind of. So yeah, the Comedy Store. I went there once and I saw. Um, That's Tupac. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went there once and it was pretty great. We saw Gerard Carmichael. It was pretty cool. So Paulie Shaw. As Greg said, Paulie Shaw is the son of what is basically comedy royalty. Yeah. So his mother, Mitzi Shaw, was the founder of the Comedy Store. Wow. In LA, <clears throat> which is where a lot of comedians cut their teeth. You know, they were. This was a big deal. Letterman was an MC there. Seinfeld oh. was there. Um, Robin Williams and a lot of these guys. Well, at the time, everyone that performed there didn't even get paid because this was considered a place where you refine your act. You're privileged to work there. This is an educational thing. Eventually, they did get paid um, just through you know drugs, unions, or whatever. Like rights. Oh yeah, so I'm sure they probably got drugs at some point. But yeah, she was a big fucking deal. So the the backstory is um, Paulie's dad was a comedian, and um, so their parents. Ended up buying this place. Dad left. She got the store. 
he went on to like open for Elvis in Vegas and all kinds of weird shit like that. And she just built this beautiful comedy culture that yeah. gave us all these people we love today. I do have a little clip here that gives a little more context than what I just said, but really fucking amazing story. Amazing. I like this story. One day a man by the name of Frank Sennis, who owned this big building on Sunset Boulevard, approached my dad and his buddy Rudy DeLuca, and he asked them if they would want to start a comedy room. And my dad was like, yeah, let's call it the Sammy Shore Room. And then my mom was like, no, let's call it the Comedy Store. Welcome to the Comedy Store. A lot of you people probably don't know what the Comedy Store is about. Do you know what the Comedy Store is about? The business was booming. Tons of comics were showing up to get on stage. But then the tension was building between mom and dad. So they decided to separate. Mom got the comedy store. Dad hit the road. And mom also got her freedom. My mom's true life really began when she got the comedy store in her 40s. The comedians all became her family. She took them in as her own. Mom had a blast developing and honing some of the greatest comics of our time. So this is legit. And so just uh, just to reference where that's coming from, that's uh, a video that Paulie Shaw made when his mother, Mitzi, passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, last year, I think. Um, yeah. When I say I think, I just read. <laughs> Uh, well, it's an awesome video. Everyone should watch it. It's on Paulie Shaw's YouTube channel. And man, how cool is that? Like we just kind of said um, while I was playing, in your 40s, she found her whole thing. Like that's so cool. I love those stories. Me too. Yeah. And it was the dad that was a comedian and then she ended up being like the most influential thing in the business. And what you wouldn't have picked up from the audio there, but like, the comedians we're talking about here, we're talking about Richard Pryor, Steve Martin, like I said before, Robin Williams, David Letterman, Jay Leto. Who else is there? That's royalty. It's all like it's a big fucking deal, man. And there's countless, uh, when she passed away, countless, countless, countless shout outs from comedians just like paying respect. Hey, um, uh, not to segue too much, sorry. Have you ever seen any of Steve Martin stand up? No, I never did. People love it. Yeah, I've never. I don't I've think never I've been seen a, it. I've never been a huge Steve Martin guy. I've always liked him, but yeah. I've never like tried to see it. A bit like Robin Williams. I don't think I've seen Robin Williams stand up aside from a few clips on YouTube. He's kind of doing stand up every time <laughs> he's in a movie. Anytime he's on a talk show. Anytime. Yeah, he's, he's just yeah. rips in. Like relative, like Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. I've seen most of them. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm interested to see some. Yeah. We should do Bowfinger. Yeah, directed by Yoda. Oh. Frank Oz, I believe. <laughs> Maybe we'll check that. Good but name. I'm pretty sure it is. We should do that because that's one of the it's underrated, man. It's under, it is, yeah. Like significantly so. Yeah. Especially for a movie where Eddie Murphy plays more than one person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but back on Paulie, our boy Paulie, it is interesting. He's kind of, I mean, you can imagine this guy's childhood, right? He grew up in the comedy store. He's surrounded by all these people. Um, just doing amazing shit. So he started doing comedy, I think, probably. like in his teens. Yeah, probably teens, um, pre-teens. And he's a charismatic dude and he's a funny dude. Like I watched a lot of more recent interviews and stuff and it's he's not quite as bubbly and that kind of thing. But yeah. um, when you see young clips of him, like I would, if I was 20 in 1990, I probably would have been a Paulie Shaw guy. Like, he seems cool. Mm. But I feel like he's had a rough go of it. It's interesting. There aren't a lot of actors like that who sort of have these roles written for them based on sort of a weird personality type. And I was trying to think of what a modern version of that would be. And the closest I could get was like Russell Brand. You know how there was a hot minute there Ooh. where Hollywood kept putting Russell Brand in movies? Yeah. He's got cool. more going on outside of movies, but yeah, just from a cool. Hollywood point of view, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, he was... Where he just gets to play himself. Yeah. Hey, yeah, just do that thing you do. We'll we'll ride around you. <laughs> well, I'm not really sure what that thing is, but if you like, I'll just sit over here and take drugs and yeah, say obscene things that are smart and poignant. Yeah, about a bit higher pitch, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah that's better. But, and also reminiscent of Adam Sandler to a degree. Like, is he the precursor to Adam Sandler in a way? It, it seems like yeah. he. 
again, I'm not like a huge fan, but it just seems there's a lot more successful people that I'm not a huge fan of either. Like, why did he get such rough end of the stick? Jim Sandler had had a few a few. Uh, I think it was financial success, I guess. Maybe he had a few strings in his bow. Yeah, has a few strings in his bow. And I, I guess think. his movies kept performing. Like, yeah, Paulie Shaw's movies were they stop progressively them? worse. They stopped making money, so it was. Well, was, at jury duty or something more? Or Biodome? I think jury duty. Biodome was the, the final nail on the coffin. But when you see him talk about it, he says like. Because he did it with that bald one. Yeah, but even that bald one has done. Wasn't he unusual suspects? Like, I don't know if you can blame Baldwin. I just did. <laughs> but he says now people, critics included, come up to him and say. Biodome is oh, an underrated masterpiece. Yeah, basically. And I haven't watched We're it all recently. living in a biodome in many ways. <laughs> we should do that. They're also quite ahead on the on the uh, sustainability curve. Yeah, maybe it works on that level. And it's got Kylie Minogue, I think. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. He talks about it, not not quite conspiracy theory levels, but he, he does talk about it with a bit of bitterness. Stephen, and he says like... Stephen Baldwin. He says, people come up to me all the time and say, why don't you make movies anymore? And he's like, I don't know. I would love to make movies. You tell me, guy. That's pretty much his attitude. That's pretty sad, man. Like, let the man make some movies. In this Netflix era, can't we just make a Paulie Shaw movie and see what happens? And if no one watches it, that's it is what it is. Give the guy a shot. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. As as uh, so, you're very do. you're pro Paulie. I just I just don't really get what the hate is about. I don't love him, but I don't get what the hate is about. Did you know that there's uh, a sort of Encino Man connected universe? Um. A Paulie Shorey verse? No. So. Oh, yes. Go. Yeah, so Brendan Fraser as Link has Link a cameo in yeah. Son-in-Law. Also shows up in the army now as a soldier with Link on his uh, apparel or whatever, his fatigues. Um, little fun fact for you there. There may be some others, but I like to believe that this is a Paulie Shore universe that we're, we're looking at here. Lucky us. Do you know what else happens in this? There's a Goonies reunion. Is there now? Yeah. Sean Austin mm. is obviously in Goonies. And so is Jonathan Key Kwan. Ooh. Data. Is he in this? He's the computer club guy. Oh, I didn't even. Ah, yeah, I didn't even it's realize. A bit, it's a bit part. Yeah. But a part nonetheless. I've got an inverse version of that. Ooh. Convenience store man. Went on to work with Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. Ah. How about that? How you like them apples? That's pretty cool. That's not bad. He's also in Independence Day. Is he? What is he doing that? He acts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fair enough. (laughs) Hey, um, can we talk about the fashion? Yeah, I'm into it. Are you? So this was this is interesting. Uh, not Paulie's. I'm, I'm, I'm channeling my eight to ten year old self at this point. Really, I'm interested because I that was my jam. Like that was I wanted hair like that. I wanted dreadlocks when I was that age. Yeah, and I never washed my hair and I like twisted it and like it was quite long. Oh, that was that was a thing. Because you know, nineties is nineties is quite has been back for a little while now. Yeah, um, particularly in the jeans department. Uh, yeah, but we're not doing baggy jeans yet. Girls like are. That. Oh, okay, yeah. Girls are doing baggier jeans. We're not, we're not in Kepper's town yet. No, I, although some of the chaps I just saw across the road in your local coffee shop. Oh, yeah. Tristan's in, a, in an urban, uh, trendy <laughs> suburb in Sydney. Uh, they were wearing pretty baggy pants. Really? Yep, I noticed. Interesting. So I just thought that the fashion in this movie – it looked kind of shit mostly. Like I don't feel like I, I'm like didn't, aesthetically didn't look like it's on trend now. I think only definitely not on trend now. Maybe it was just Link because apparently think, she made Link's clothes. Well, I think only Link looked cool. Oh wow! I yeah. thought he looked shit. But I, but not by today's. Like I wouldn't wear it today. I th- but Paulie Shaw's fashion is back. Yeah, Paulie Shaw's is but for porn stars. <laughs> I am pretty sure I've seen Asa Akira rocking that pink mesh top. <laughs> It's a, pink, it's a pink mesh top. Now, granted, he didn't have a nipple poking out, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm going to – there's probably some Instagram. Can you add that to the Wikipedia page for uh, 
<laughs> in Pseudo Man. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't know. It's, isn't it all community made? It's crowdsourced. I don't know. I'm just going to Google Asura Akira images on your family computer here. <laughs> all right. Should we talk a little bit more about the cast of this movie? We definitely should talk more about the cast of this movie. I think we should talk more about the cast. What of this do you movie. know about? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to start with? Maybe we start with B Man, old Brendan Frazee. Yeah, he really had a hot streak here with the old fish out of water shtick, didn't he? Oh, George of the Jungle, Blast from the Past, where I think he was stuck in a hole mm-hmm. in the ground. Jewish kid at a Catholic school. Yeah, was that the what was that one called? The school one. That was the one immediately before this, right? Yeah, I think it was the same year. Uh, the Damn it! I didn't. Why didn't I write that one fucking down? <laughs> that was the big one. <laughs> <laughs> that he because that was the one with Matt Damon and that shit, right? It yeah, was a yeah. drama. Yeah, but that was like a big yeah. But um, it's actually quite sad. Yeah, right. George of the Jungle, um, Blast from the Past. Blast from the past. This movie, Airheads, not so much, but Airheads is quite peak. What is that? Probably ninety five or something. School, it, school ties. School ties. That was the one. So yeah. So written by Dick. Wolf. This was this was quite early Fraser. To, yeah. Compared to what I thought, I just assumed oh he's been around forever. But he this was, was coming on the scene big was, time like, immediately after School Ties, right? Yeah. And um, not a com- not well at that point not a comedy guy because School Ties was a fucking drama and pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he comes hot on the scene with this movie. And he pumps out a bunch of comedies. He's obviously, at this point, his biggest movies are the Mummy movies, I would suppose. But there are a bunch of 90s classics in there. There's Airheads, George of the Jungle, Bedazzled's okay. It's shit. I rewatched it recently as like a I'm half sleeping on the couch movie. Yeah, it's good for that. Yeah. Um, it's it's Liz Hurley. It's a remake I, I like some of his characters movie. he does. It's so interesting because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would do characters, and but he does. And he yeah. seems he's got the the look of a guy that's really boring, but he does pretty fun roles. And then he got all serious for Crash, well, which I thought was going to be the start of something. Yeah. So the, here's the thing: he went real quiet, right? Yeah. So there's been a lot of speculation. Uh huh. Why did he go so quiet? Is he is he injecting marijuanas? What's he doing? <laughs> is he smoking the pot? That's is he nuts. hit a slump? Is he on painkillers? What's happened here? Well, the poor guy, it turns out he was fucking sexually assaulted. Did you hear about this? But that was... In 2001, the last Mummy movie was 2008. And if you look at around those periods, there wasn't much else. That was kind of the last big thing. And um, it wasn't until all the Me Too stuff started happening that he kind of went fully vocal with it. But he talks about how that was kind of the end and how he wasn't getting cast in things anymore. Well, it was some... It was Big the, shot, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it was the head of um, the, the foreign Hollywood Foreign Press. I, I think he wasn't the head of the Hollywood Foreign Press at that time. What's that? Uh, I think that's the one that does the, the Golden Globes. Like that's Hollywood Foreign Press. I don't get what they actually do. Wow. Just rich white people giving each other statues and shit and touching each other's taints, as it turns out. He used the word taint in how he explained what happened to him. Oh. What's really sad about it is it, obviously that's fucked up and – well, I don't – it is fucked up. There's no but to that. <laughs> yeah. He just seems really fucked up by it too, which is well, fair enough. That's also fair enough. Yeah, and it's so kind of heartbreaking. I've watched interviews with him in the past week or so and it just seems like a kind of a broken soul a little bit. And he just honestly took himself out of the picture. He was just like, I just need to not do this for a while. Poor bastard. Big friend of the show, Brendan Fraser. We're here for him big time, right? Big time. Big time. Were you a mummy guy? I was never that much into mummy it. Mummy one's good. Yeah. Oh, I think they're fine. I was never I don't really just know the like, other ones Yeah. Much. I like a I like Rachel Weiss. Mm. I agree. Do you like a Weiss bar? I do. Do they have them in America? No. No, I don't think so. They're from Toowoomba. Are they? Queensland. Huh. Mango Weiss bar. It's like you can't beat it. That was the only ice cream I was allowed to have as a kid. That was very special. Maybe once a week. Damn, they're good. That was the shit. Also, I've never had a Viennetta. <gasps> Can oh, we do that? I was going to bring it today. Uh, I knew there was something I forgot. Was that a thing in the US? Can you let us know, Americans? Viennetta. That was like a big deal in Australia when we were kids. We, the the meme is like, oh, that's how we thought 
which, which people, people ate. ate. <laughs> but it's just a, like a streets yeah. frozen <laughs> ice cream. Frozen ice cream. It's because of the ad when we were kids. Yeah. Had like classical music. Yeah. And so classy. Like you just a close up of the product getting cut by like this, yeah. you know, sterling silver. Oh, man. Serving spoon. Streets ice cream have created a spectacular dessert called Vianetta. But despite its delicious, rich, creamy taste and its irresistible crisp chalk layers, Vianetta could leave you with one small problem. Streets Vianetta. One slice is never enough. Advertising, man. I've got a great segue, Greg. Speaking of speaking of frozen goods, this guy was frozen in ice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, prop wise, they actually made a huge ice block, which is weird because it did not look like ice. Am I? Do you, it looked what do you fake. Mean? It looks so fake. Was that actual ice? It was actual ice, and he was frozen in it. <laughs> they had a dummy in it. Um, dummy. They had a dummy. Yeah, a fake fake Fraser in there, and. The, the 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 stupidest thing about it, I was watching a whole thing about this or reading it. I can't fucking remember. Who knows? Reading, watching, something Ooh, happened. Yeah. It entered my brain. The props guy kept trying to freeze his dummy in ice. At, but what happens when you freeze something that large, it gets lots of little bubbles. And so you can't see the guy in it. And then eventually he found a way to freeze it by making it thicker, putting in like gelatin or I don't know what it was, and froze it so it wouldn't get bubbles. But then it didn't look like ice. So Didn't. what's the point in making fake ice that doesn't look uh, – real ice if it doesn't look like ice? Yeah, just make, just make fake, fake ice, ice that, that looks, looks like, like ice. That's like that bit in The Simpsons where you, you know, cows don't look like cows on camera. You've got to paint horses. It's like a weird <laughs> – <laughs> it's like a weird stupid thing. Uh, uh, should we talk about Sean Astin? He was a childhood star. He really was because he, he was a child star straight up, right? Goonies, right? But Toy Soldiers was a really big movie for me. Sames. Because I, th- I remember that was when I watched at Jonah's house and by the name I just thought it was like a kid. I didn't realise it was going to be that heavy. That was heavy, man. People getting shot and shit. Oh, yeah, the, the drug dealer's kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was fucked up. And it took me a while to connect the dots and realise he was the guy in um, – because he kind of disappeared, right? And then obviously he was in Lord of the Rings. But he did a few other bits and pieces. He's been in video games, Greg. What do you mean? He was uh, – he's in the Lord of the Rings video games. That's probably more obvious. But he's also he, – he was Raphael in a Ninja Turtles video game. I lost a sigh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I'm still gunning for that role in a video game one day. I'm right here, gaming Hollywood. Use him. Use me. I lost a sigh. Um, that was Ray Romano. That's right. That was Ray. <laughs> the the, uh, you'll come and he will – I'll just stay Hollywood. He will do it cheaper than Ray Romano. I will. I'll do 10% cheaper. Man, Romano's really fucking killing it now, isn't he? He's on it. And it's great to see. It's so great to that see. That kind of trajectory is like my favourite Hollywood career. Me too. Oh. Oh. We, oh I can't do it. Oh. 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 You can do of the Frog. It's basically and that. I'm Kermit, oh. I'm Ray Romano coming <laughs> to you from Everybody Loves Raymond. Greg's got to look at his eye. All right. Um, so he's done he, some video games. Obviously, The Goonies was his first. Eighty five. Eighty five. Yeah. And he's been. He was pretty steady. He's actually been doing shit the whole time. So a lot so, of it's directed vod. Yeah, that's interesting. A lot of those people that we cover in these movies were like, "Where did they go?" And you look at their IMDb, and they've been active every year, and it's just stuff we've never heard of. But he had a big role. In Stranger Things season two, MVP in my book, in that yeah. Stranger Things season two, big, yeah. it was great. But he really what was his name again? Ah, oh, fuck, I can't remember now. That he dies. But he really evolved into a different um, archetype, didn't he? Like he was sort of the cool guy, and then it just he started to blow out a, a little dweeb. bit, and then he sort of get more dweeby. And then he then he got a bit more. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, he's good in like as a small part. Fifty first days. Yeah, that was great. That he, was so good. He plays the brother of... And he made a few character choices. Like he had a weird lisp and things. Like. Yeah, he just picked a... Yeah. yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, so I'm not sure why we don't get more of him. I like him. He's pretty busy. He's staying pretty busy. Hey, Greg, I did have 
Uh, well, yes and no. You know, every now and then I, I like to repitch. I like to repitch these movies a little bit. Like modern version of this movie, what would it be? Or or a yeah. spin on this premise, what would it be? And the more I came up with, the more I realized. Well, basically, everyone I came up with has been done. So I'll, I'll talk you through my process here. So my first idea was, okay, 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 mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What if, what if, Greg, because I mentioned already this movie itself was a little bit of a, a prehistoric cultural artifact. Jurassic Park already done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But also, yes, what yes. if someone got frozen in 1992 and this was the last movie they saw and then got thawed out in 1990? I mean, what, what year is it? 2019. And they went to high school and they've got all these uh, outdated perceptions of what masculinity is and all this type of shit and it's like, oh. 21 Jump Street. Yeah. It happened already in 21 Jump Street, right? Right. <laughs> so they did that in 21 Jump Street. So when Channing Tatum went back to school, he was no longer the cool guy. Jonah Fitz the was. The Jonah Hill. <laughs> he became the cool guy. So that would be first one done. Idea number two. Yes. Okay, what if someone was frozen today and woke up in the future? But frozen how? <laughs> Futurama, done. That's a thousand years. Uh, what if... I got one more. Another guy digs a pool. Daryl dug a hole. The castle. <laughs> All right, it's not just a word association game. <laughs> what do you mean they're both digging? <laughs> All right, I got one more. Uh, better be better than that. <laughs> it's pretty good. I think you're going to like it. Similar to the first one I said, but someone that was... someone froze- 22 Jump Street. <laughs> so. No, <laughs> someone bought someone frozen in the nineties. Thought out today, and just very specific nineties references. It's been done. It was on South Park. Um, it's an episode called Prehistoric Man, where the boys is a straight up play oh, with this movie, nice. where the boys found a frozen man in their backyard, and it turned out um, he was from nineteen ninety six, and this was made in nineteen ninety nine. So he was only three years in the past. <laughs> It's so great. That's good. It's so great. Check this out. I got a little clip. As you can see, the Iceman is listening to Ace of Base, which was a very popular group during his era. Their primitive drumming soothed his people's tempers. The internet was still not very big at his time, so the web frightens and confuses him. Okay, he can't hurt you. (laughs) That's pretty great. So they thought this guy. The internet wasn't quite a thing. (laughs) They put him on display as an Iceman. Uh, why am I explaining the joke? That makes it not funny. You get the idea. It's great. Anyway, many spins on this premise that have already been done and I can't crack a new one, so there you have it. Hey, um, talk about the cast a bit more. Sure. It's always fun to see in these sort of movies where they're obviously not built on great big, you know, yeah. Hollywood juggernauts, yeah. teen movies and whatnot. Uh, Matt and Robin. Robin I haven't really seen in anything I think she's no. been, she's been doing the rounds in some TV stuff apparently, but I don't I couldn't tell you any of it. Uh, Matt was in Wayne's World as the stone guy in the back seat. Always ready to vomit. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, that was the little guy, wasn't it? No, that's him. Oh, is it? He wasn't a particularly. He was quite a petite bully in this movie. I wasn't. He wasn't a very believable bully. He's a bit little. But then I think that's kind of realistic, though. Sometimes bullies, it was more like a weird True. Just a pa- social thing. Mm. The mum and dad. So I said earlier how parts of this movie felt a bit phony and not really true to the uh, yeah. 90s moment. The mum and dad, I felt I felt like Sean Austin's family, they were like the proper setup. Oh, yeah. Um, did you recognise the dad at all? I'm blanking on it right now. I can't even know. So he was the dad in Licence to Drive, which was another big 80s movie. Oh, yeah. Corey Haynes. Corey's. Oh, both of them or one of them? Maybe both. Probably. Yeah. Let's assume it was both. Uh, his name's Richard Masur. He was also in It, the original It. Oh. He was the grown-up, the blonde kid when he grows up. That's it's a good. great call. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I got that. There's a lot of believable, unbelievable bits. I don't think, mm. I don't think Sean Aston would have pulled that chick. Nah. 
Like he's got no chance. What's her he, arc? What yeah. is she? Yeah. She just she likes just, him all the time. She's like, oh, okay, I like you now. You're in a swimming pool now. This is, yeah. Like exactly. he follows around. He's like, can you imagine walking up to a chicken school and go, hey, I found a caveman? Yeah. <laughs> it's super weird. And she, <laughs> she doesn't respond well. He doesn't do anything to earn her affection. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't deserve her. He deserve her. All he does yeah. is bitch and moan all movie. She's a human and she, she should be able to choose, not just. Yeah, and then he shows pictures of her like when they were kids. Like that's weird. I've seen that's you naked. That's so weird. That, he does nothing. That's but not, like, fucked up. He does nothing but weird things toward her. She would have an restraining order on him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, little tiny uh, casting thing. Rose McGowan's first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Who that? is she? Just one of the friends, is she? Yeah, she's just in it. She's just around. Because she's not the the main. No, there's that. So there's that she, other chick. She's in the craft. craft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, and uh, end of days was it? Oh one? yeah, she's yeah. in the day. Thomas Aquinas. Tell me everything you know about Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was one little part that I lolled at so much. Uh, to me, it was the funniest part of the movie. It was just a really little thing. When Paulie Shaw, when they've got the big block of ice and Paulie Shaw starts breathing on it to melt it. <laughs> I had a real giggle at that. He has some decent low-key moments, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's got those weird little things. That are, I mean, the whole convenience store thing is great. Yeah, that's a good That's beautiful. That's a nice little scene. Meet group. That was could, you have, could you do that now? Post Apu? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, what's worse? That or, or Link's response to Yothu Yindi. I can't tell if that's an issue or not. It's officially on the soundtrack, so they would have okayed it. Yeah. Or someone would have okayed it. Maybe they don't. Uh, so Yothi Yindi are an Australian band, Indigenous band uh, in Australia. Amazing. And they're great. They've got some great tracks. I saw them at live at uh, Blues and Roots one year. Did you? So good. I was in the in primary school. I was in the dance group, and we danced to Yothu Yindi. Was it a squad? It was dance squad. No, it wasn't. The, in those days, it wasn't a squad yet. Yeah, but we danced to Yothu Yindi at, at the opera house. Did you? Yeah, the earlier part. I, I had to do this. Yeah, it was a whole thing. I was really big into that. I was so ignorant as a white kid what it all meant. But I was like, yeah, I want to be an Aboriginal artist one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And my mum says, talks to me about it now. She's like, yeah, I never really knew what you meant. Like, did you think you could become Aboriginal or did you just it's think like that was a art. style of art? You really or, just thought it was a style of art. Yeah, because I tried to do it all the time. I was really into that. But, yeah, in this movie I'm unclear if that is an issue and forgive my ignorance. I don't really know. My knee-jerk reaction was, oh, that's fucked up. But then it's the oldest – it's the oldest culture in Australia, in the world, Australian Aborigines, right? So correct, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's not a. I think it's no. I think it's. Well, what the fuck? It's a do great. I know? It's great fucking music. That's all I know. Yeah, it we're is. not. We're not. This uh, is one of those ones where we probably have to bow out of that conversation. We have no idea what we're fucking talking about. But great music, and I'm glad we got to see it in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Represent. Yeah. Oh, hit me with some recasties. Well, look, I really I struggle with this one because I always struggle with the. Ones where the actors are younger because you don't know, I don't know everyone's Tom young. Holland. Everyone is Tom Holland, <laughs> uh, which got me thinking: Would Sean Austin have been Spider Man if Spider Man was made in the late eighties? That's interesting. Yeah, before he before he got a little too uh, round, robust. He's <laughs> quite a portly individual, isn't he? He really is. I feel like he might have been too portly back then even. Yeah, he was already crossing over, wasn't he? Mm. But there's definitely a vibe there. I, I see where you're getting that. But, I, yeah, I pretty much gave this the uh, 21 Jump Street treatment. Yeah. I thought uh, Link would be Channing Tatum. Yeah. Uh, Sean Austin could be Jonah. Yeah. Paulie Shaw could have been uh, Green Goblin. Franco. Yeah. I could see him doing that. Yeah. Like now. Yeah. He's kind of a little bit like that. Yeah. You don't like art? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched, I don't know, when Carol was away, I watched two of the- Is that the one with, uh, the, with Brian Cranston? That's the one in the house, the end of days one. Oh, that's, all in it. yeah, it is good, isn't this it? This is the end. I watched that and I watched Pineapple Express. I can re-watch This is the End pretty continuously. That's, yeah. That's tight. It's pretty good. <laughs> so what's, what's the verdict then? 
I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Huh? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I've said proceed with caution. Yeah, I've got a similar thing. Like I said, uh, this film has become the very, the very plot of the story it's telling. It's a, it's a cultural artifact from a time that's past that you can thaw out and watch to get an understanding of what life was like in the prehistoric age of 1992. To a point. To a point. Uh, probably not, a, not the most realistic portrayal of real life but at, le- at least uh, the School pop culture pop culture world pop cultural artifact um the heightened reality of the teen the, the high school us teen era of 1992 saved by the bell vibes a little bit too um but yeah not a it's probably not going to be as good as you remember it it's one of those ones a bit like we get at birdies i'd say like it's worth it if it was just funnier how Scott, did you stack it up against the burn? I would probably rewatch this over Bernie. There's probably a bit more to it, isn't there? Yeah, and I think that there's more to happen. Like the weekend of Bernie's, that just doesn't not much happens. Great windbreaker, though. Great windbreaker. We could have Bernie breakers now. You got any? Who's your MVP? Man, I think I've got to give it to Polly Shaw. Yeah. Uh, I just think this is probably the peak in what is a very short. Film career, I would like to do some more Polish movies. I mean, we'll give them a rest for now. Yeah, I think there's, but there's, there's a probably, few in there. Yeah, I think it was a bit of an, oh. it was an enlightening experience. For some reason, I thought it was in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, because I looked I it up and I was like, tonight. I'm because when I was looking him up, I'm like, oh, stupid Wikipedia, they've missed Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Wait, I've been. I and then I looked it up and he's not in it. I thought it was him too, but it's this other guy. And then that other guy's in stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> like he's he's, he's, he's a guy. But that's a movie we wanted to do that we can't find anywhere. Like it's not on it's not in Apple yeah. TV, it's not on any of the yeah. streaming services here. Yeah. Uh so if anyone can help with that, we'd like to talk about it. But yeah, that's our verdict. Paulie Shaw MVP in my book. Wait, who did you say? I didn't. You didn't. Who's your MVP? Yeah, I guess Paulie. Yeah. Low key VPs. I liked the Quickie Mart guys. Yeah, me too. That little no is the juice. The they ju- say it wrong. Juice. Yeah, yeah, they were really good. Some grindage. <laughs> oh, should we do a campaign two thousand update? Campaign two thousand update. Yes. Yeah, talk to listeners through what campaign two thousand is. So campaign two thousand, uh, named after the fantastic work of uh, the Dave Letterman show. Uh, and team to try and get Oprah on the show uh, back in the day. So we are replicating that pitch to try and get the great Jean-Claude Van Damme onto our podcast for our 50th episode uh, when we cover the great film Double Impact. Yes, that's Our namesake. Our namesake. As friends of the show, you know that every 10th episode is a Van Damme movie. What more poetic moment then episode 50, it's a round number. Double Impact, that's our name. Can we have him on the show? Does anyone out there know him? Do we have to create a soundboard and pretend he's on the show? Yeah. Hopefully not. Does Greg have to record his voice to make a soundboard to pretend he's on the show? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, in terms of this week's uh, Campaign 2000 update, we ain't got him yet. We have not got him yet. We ain't got him. One of our friends suggested contacting his wife via DM on Instagram. Which sounded like a good idea it and we both like felt really idea. weird about it. And then I started typing and I thought sliding into Van Damme's wife's DMs may <laughs> not help security. He'll wake up dead. Yeah. Yeah. He might do one of those. Huge ah, surprise. Huge surprise. So anyone out there, I mean, we've had a few people that, like there's a friend of a friend and that kind of thing. Nothing's come through. If anyone out there knows anyone, man, five minutes on the phone with this guy. Would be delightful. Delight. Anyway, that's campaign two thousand. Well, that's what we thought. What did you guys think? Have you rewatched this recently? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree? Hit us up on the socials. We're on Instagram. Leave us a review. 
Feel free to tag us in a picture of Asura Kira in a pink mesh <laughs> singlet. Hot pink. I didn't find it. My, my Google's been blocked. <laughs> what, have we, what have we got coming up, Greg? Um, we have got some 90s um, goodness coming up. I think we've got some Nutty Professor coming up soon. We've mm. got maybe some Demolition Man. Oh, yeah. Which will be our first alone movie and our first Snipes movie. It seems criminal, doesn't it? It seems yeah. criminal. It's uh, two very big hitters for our yeah, for our genre. Some heavy yeah. hitters. So we're delighted to be looking at those two in their first movie together. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your weeks, people. Bye. Bye. Bye.